Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Intention Training Podcast. Today is Season 2, Episode 2, and we are going to be talking about emotional intelligence. So we're straying a little farther from typical, like, athletic, physical strength training. Um, And we're going to talk about something that I feel is much more useful. And I wouldn't say it's more useful per se, but I think this is something that shows up in every job, every walk of life, no matter what you do, your ability to relate to people and be aware of your own emotions and pick up on the emotions of other people is something that sets you apart a lot of times. So you don't think it's more important than strength training? Well, okay, when you put it that way, (laughs) but when you just, okay, yeah, when you put it that way, you're right, but I don't know, I think strength training is pretty important too. Um, Other, like, housekeeping things, we're up to, I just, I'm looking at it right now, we're up to almost 400 total plays for our podcast, which, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was all me, I listened to it 400 times. (laughs) So, we appreciate everybody that's been listening, even if this is your first episode, we appreciate you checking us out. Um... We have been doing either every week or every other week. We want the demand to be there. We don't want you guys to get tired of listening to us. So that's kind of why we took last week off. But we're back at it today. We've got a lot on our minds. So Mm -hmm. we are going to get into it. Before we do, we like to do kind of just a check-in since it's been a couple weeks. So Jen, tell me about what's going on with you. You guys, I have one more day of classes until I'm done with undergrad I'm still I'm graduating in June but it's like literally so wild to me because I thought it would never end sophomore year and I thought about quitting a lot of times and I didn't quit and here I am um so I'm just going through finals and I'm doing a lot of programming because I'm taking on um some clients for the spring and summer and then that's my training is going really well. I'm still. You just signed up for a meet. Yeah, I just signed up for a meet June sixth, Barbenders. So that will be my first USPA meet, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's what's going on with me. What about you? Um, nothing too different from whenever we last recorded. Mostly school, um, internship at the training house, working, and um, just I'm always trying to read like ebooks articles research things like that and just develop myself as a coach and an athlete so i've been training for um my physique show this summer which has been pretty cool it's a lot i something i'm pretty fascinated by and i think goes sort of under the radar is just how different training is depending on your goal um or goals plural so i plan on speaking on that more in the future but right now my training consists of not nearly as much volume as powerlifting, but the sets are incredibly intense, meaning like you're slowing everything down, really focusing on feeling whatever muscles working and making it as hard as possible. So it's, it's definitely like a, a test of your will because you want to quit by like the third rep, but you, you're taking a lot of sets to failure and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I have an awesome coach and it's been fun. I am nervous for like learning how to pose and doing things like that. Um, 
but that's part of the challenge that I took on. So got to give it my best effort and that's all I can do. Mm -hmm. So who's your coach? My coach is Jeff Zoller, who trains out of our, our location, um, our gym, Los Campiones, Franklin. Um, super nice guy, super nice guy, very knowledgeable. Hit him up if you have interest in competing in anything, physique, wellness, um, anything where you're posing on a stage, trying to be lean, etc. Yep. So that's what I'm doing. And then I also, my DMs and messages have been flooded with like clients hitting personal records and new lows for their weigh-ins and like doing their first pull-up, things like that. So that always makes me super happy. I think I really enjoy what we are able to do and I look forward to when we'll be able to do it to a more time a, a full more fuller extent when we're done with school and whatnot so mm-hmm. that's what's good with me um all right should we hop into it yeah so last week Jen kind of put the team on her back this week it was more me um I am going to be pulling from the book emotional intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves I believe yeah we got this book for free because I did an internship in the summer um, that it was called Urban Scholars, and it's like a professional and leadership development program for um, undergrads and graduates in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, and they were really big on emotional intelligence and kind of measuring your own emotional intelligence and seeing what you need to work on. Because like you were talking about, that transfers over to job interviews. Like, even if you are not super qualified for your job, technically, emotional intelligence does so much more than being, like, fit. Like, you fit the job description, but you don't know how to communicate with people. Yeah, I think that's huge and very much on point. Just one kind of example I can give is my supervisor at the training house is a sports performance coach who has been in it for a long time and he doesn't like to be honest I don't know I've never asked what his formal education is but like usually when people have a bunch of certifications and stuff they they lead with that in their emails and he doesn't he just says sports performance coach but he's trained Randy Moss he's trained Jamal Lewis he's trained all these high name athletes and I think it's because of the way that he presents himself he's very confident and the way that he's able to make people buy in and trust him and trust that he's going to get the job done. So you can have all the letters behind your name that, that you ever can. You can have a doctorate degree, but if you can't relate to people and you can't put the things that you are trying to convey in terms that they're going to understand and just communicate and pick up on their body language, how they're feeling, how they're receiving what you're saying, then you're never going to get to the same level that some as somebody that can do all those things that doesn't have any formal education. So I think it just goes to show what being able to actually build relationships with people means in terms of your connections and your success. Right on. So let's start by just defining emotional intelligence. So again, this definition I'm pulling from is from this book. All the statistics and information we're pulling from is from there. So if you take issue with it, contact them. Don't contact us. (laughs) But emotional intelligence can be defined as the ability to recognize and understand emotions of yourself and others and to use this awareness to manage your behaviors and relationships. This 
the quality of emotional intelligence affects how we manage behavior, navigate social complexities, and make personal decisions that achieve results. A few statistics that they gave um, sort of in the... Can you put that in layman's terms? Sure. If I, if I break that down, it's emotional intelligence is your ability to identify your own emotions as you're feeling them and deal with them and be aware of how they impact your decisions and your behavior and then to pick up on other people's emotions and correctly identify them and communicate surrounding those emotions so it's sort of the stuff that like how to relate to people successfully yeah and i think it's sort of subjective what you view emotional intelligence as but something that so if, as i look at these statistics only 36% of people can correctly identify their emotions as they're happening, which is pretty, pretty shocking if you think about it, because it seems really straightforward. Like literally there, there are little kids. I work at a park with after school, there's 60 kids running around and when they get mad, they literally say, I'm mad. <laughs> and so it seems really straightforward, like an emotion, you feel it. It's, you usually think if you're sad, you know, you're sad. If blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times you're making decisions that are being fueled by emotions that you don't even know are there. Mm -hmm. So, which can be really, really dangerous. So that's pretty fascinating. Um, the more intense your emotions are, the more likely they will dictate your behavior. That's something to be aware of for sure. There is no known connection between, um, IQ and they refer to as refer to emotional intelligence as EQ. So IQ is fixed. Emotional intelligence is not. It's something that can be developed. Um, Which also means that you can get worse at it if you don't pay attention sure, to it. Definitely. Or if you, that's where the awareness component comes in because if you're practicing, if you're living by in, in a certain way and you don't check in with yourself and mm -hmm. become a, or remain aware of the fact that you're living that way, mm -hmm. then you're never going to know and it's going to cause issues. So, um, other statistics that stuck out to me, emotional intelligence accounts for 58% of performance in all types of jobs. Notice we didn't just say strength and conditioning coach. We didn't just say personal trainer. This applies to any and all walks of life. Um, 90% of high performers are high in emotional intelligence. while only 20% of low performers are high in emotional intelligence. Every point increase in emotional intelligence adds $1,300 to an annual salary. So if nothing else you get from this podcast, if all you're in it for is to make money, then you need to work on your emotional intelligence. You need to get that EQ up. Yes. So emotional intelligence can be broken down into four skills. And I know this is sort of a lot to have thrown at you. I know that when I listen to podcasts, a lot of times I'm doing other things, but I encourage you guys to at least try to really like take in these definitions so that you can be aware of the skills that make up emotional intelligence and then actively work on them or at least become more aware of them. So the first one is personal competence, which can be made up, which is made up by self-awareness and self-management. So this is your ability to stay aware of your emotions and manage the behavior that stems from those emotions. Um, next is social competence, which is your ability to understand other people's moods, behaviors, and motives in order to improve the quality of your relationships. Self-awareness is your ability to accurately perceive your own emotions and tendencies in the moment. So picking up on what you're feeling and how it's impacting the decisions and behavior that you're making. Um, 
one thing that I think is important to mention is that emotions always serve a purpose. They're there for a reason because our emotions are how we are reacting to the world around us. Yeah. So did you have a point there? Yeah, you can you can see this a lot in dogs. Like if your dog is barking, that's not necessarily a behavior that you need to check. What you need to do is understand the emotion behind the behavior because that's what's causing them to bark. So are they scared? Do they want attention? Are they hungry? Do they need to go outside? So, like, I feel like other animals and species are much better at this than we are. Like... Well, because they're nonverbal. Yeah. They don't have... That's what's crazy to me is... And this is true for, like, being... It just goes to show that, like, having more doesn't always make you happier because dogs live the simplest lives, yet Mm -hmm. they're very content for the most part. And we have all these things at our fingertips. And yet, a lot of times, we are the ones that are dealing with mental illness and things like that. So... I think that's a good point. So as we're moving on, we talked about self-awareness, which is skill number one. And again, it's your ability to accurately perceive your own emotions and tendencies in the moment. Moving on, you have self-management, which is this builds off your self-awareness and it involves what happens when you act or do not act. So it's being aware of your emotions and then actually taking those emotions and using them or having them limiting or taking their influence on your behavior. Um, that was kind of a wordy way to put that, but that's the essence of self-management and, uh, self-awareness moving on. You have, can we give some examples? Sure. Um, do you have good examples? So I guess for personal competence, so that's something that's made up by self-awareness and self-management. Um, which is your ability to stay aware of your emotions and manage your behaviors. Um, Let's say I am upset. (laughs) I'm upset. I'm upset um, before I go to school in the morning. Um, The awareness would come in and me be like, "Hmm, Jen, hey, why are you upset? And not just acting on why I'm upset. Or even just acknowledging that you are upset. Just, yeah, and just Because sometimes, like, even though you know you're upset, just saying, like... And this comes a lot... This comes in a lot for me with anxiety. If I actually say, wow, I'm I'm really anxious right now, then once you're aware of it and once you've acknowledged it, then you can deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can do that unless you fully acknowledge and are aware of the fact that it's happening. Yeah. So that's, like, competence. Understanding yourself, being able to understand what emotion you're feeling. And then for social competence, that is like you're in a room. Can you tell how people are feeling in the room just by how they're acting? Is it a tense situation? Is it, um, is there a lot of excitement? Is there happiness? Is it comfortable? Um, And social competence is really a tool for uh, managing and creating better relationships nothing yeah i just think we're not being super clear and that's that's partially because of the way i took these notes but so personal competence is made up of two of the four skills which are self-awareness and self-management which we've already talked about then you have social competence and that's made up by the second 
two of the four skills, which are social awareness and relationship management. So it's essentially the same thing, but it extends to other people. So how are you able to pick up on the emotions of other people, read their body language, and then use that information to manage the relationship? So I think this particularly is what sets good leaders apart from mediocre leaders, just being able to read a room and knowing how your words and your actions are impacting other people Mm -hmm. and using that feedback to influence how you act going forward. I think that's what makes a good leader. Yeah. An example of like some, I, when I'm feeling awkward, I like to make jokes. Um, and sometimes this works. I'm getting a lot better at telling when it's going to work, which is because my social competence is going up and I, um, but like, that's, you can, I know that I'm nervous, so I'm going to make a joke. So it brings like all the emotional intelligence things back into the picture. And now I'm talking in a circle. So, but yeah, no, that's just one example. But that's where your self-awareness comes in. You know that you're anxious or you're uncomfortable. And and so so you know that you tend to make jokes and that's a good example of what we're talking about. And the fact that you're aware of that means you have good self-awareness. So now where the self-management comes in is... What kind of joke I tell. What kind of joke you tell. <laughs> Do you tell the joke? Cause I tell it a little bit. Sometimes <laughs> it might be better not to, depending on how good the joke is or who you're telling the joke to. So This is why you have an arsenal of jokes. <laughs> um, but I guess... And then I just wanted to speak on self-awareness a little bit. So mm-hmm. let's go back to my example. I'm angry in the morning. And so... I might get really mad at my dog when she doesn't go pee very fast outside. That that behavior, being like, come on, Junebug, go pee. I don't have all day. It's just, it's that simple, go pee. Um, me getting upset at her and then recognizing that I'm getting upset at her is a good example of self-awareness and is a good is a good way for you to recognize your actual feelings and be like, well, you know, it's probably not the dog that's making me mad. It's something else that I'm upset about. Yeah, and I'm going to take that example and run with it and we're just going to go through all four. So you already talked about self-awareness, talking about you know you're irritated because you have to drive up to school and you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Then we bring in self-management. You have to decide whether or not you're going to act on that feeling of of anger or whatever it may be and take it out on the dog when really the dog is not what you're angry at. Then we look at social awareness and you look at how the dog joke. Well, no, (laughs) you look at how, how Junebug is reacting to the vibes you're giving off to her. So the way you're speaking to her, your body language towards her, all those things, that's where self, that's where social awareness comes in. Then if we look at relationship management, you might take, the fact that she's being skittish or she's barking or being reactive towards you because you're giving off whatever vibes to her and you might let that influence how you talk to her in the future. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I know that was a lot. If we try to just simplify this, what you what emotional intelligence is made up by is your social awareness or I'm sorry, your self-awareness, your self-management, your social awareness, and your relationship management. And all those things, like we're using a lot of different jargon and terminology, and it all kind of ties in together. And what it comes down to is just being aware and then taking that information 
and using it to better your relationships. That's and the, that's the decisions. That's the best way I can dumb it down. So now that we've got that information, we've got kind of that framework. We're going to give you guys some strategies to improve these qualities. Um, there wasn't, they gave like 15 strategies for each skill. And I just kind of took which ones stuck out to me. Um, so we'll just name a few for each one. So if we're looking at self-awareness, the first tip they gave was quit treating your feelings like they're good or bad or passing judgment on whether you should or should not be feeling what, what you're feeling at that time. Because like we talked about earlier, emotions happen for a reason. They're a reaction to the world around you. So if you're having an emotion that is be because of something that is going on around you. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't just suppress it without recognizing the root of it. I mean, once you understand the root of it, feel free to go ahead and suppress it. But I mean, if you're like mad because somebody took your parking spot, I mean, what are you going to do about that? Mm -hmm. But, um, so always try to understand like the root of what you're feeling and it's valid, you know, it's valid. So don't, I guess don't feel like your emotions are invalid. Yeah. The next one is observe the ripple effect from your emotions. So if you're angry and you let that anger influence your decisions, watch what happens and take note of what happens so that you can change it. Um, the next one is leaning into discomfort. So they, they said that one of the biggest obstacles to achieving self-awareness is the tendency to avoid discomfort that comes from seeing yourself as you really are, which is pretty powerful. Um, not being able to put yourself in situations that you know might make you anxious but will benefit you or are for are for your own development, I think that's where that kind of thing comes in. Or knowing that you may feel an emotion if you go into the situation, you can't let that be the reason for missing out on an opportunity. Also, um, I think another way that this comes into play is if you don't if you don't understand somebody's tone or if you don't understand what somebody's trying to say to you, don't be like it's scary to ask what do you mean by this? But that's going to help you tremendously in the future when you're interacting with that person to read their tone um, and to read the way that they communicate. But it's also going to be helpful for you because then you're not drawing assumptions based on what you think, even though you may not be reading the situation correctly. I, I love that point because that's something I struggle with. I don't always know when you're messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes I just get mad. But I try, I've tried to be better about being like, hey, are you serious right now? Because <laughs> that's, that's mean. Yeah, exactly. And especially in this age of like texting and a lot of interaction happening electronically, like you can't read inflections or tones through text so don't just a lot of exclamation don't just assume the worst like or my first suggestion would be don't have a serious conversation over text yeah but i just think it's that's an added challenge Mm -hmm. but i think you're totally right i think it's never a bad idea to make sure that what you're how you're interpreting someone's emotions or someone's um behaviors yeah because the, the worst it's going to do is kill a joke, but no, the, yeah, the worst it will do is kill a joke. But if you don't ask that, the worst that can happen is you guys get in a huge misunderstanding all because of this one question that wasn't asked. Exactly. And I am, 
open enough to admit that that's happened. <laughs> like I've taken things the wrong way. And instead of just asking, gotten upset about it, which that's not a good place to be in. So, but now, you know, now I know. Um, so more self-awareness. I'm just going to go through a few more, um, one they, they gave was journaling. I, I'm all for journaling, but I hesitate to recommend it just because I think it's hard to actually follow through with. Mm-hmm. So I recommend more of like a mental journal and just trying to act to kind of take note of things when they happen. Um, stopping and asking yourself why you do the things you do. This is huge. This is the basis for our whole mindset around training and the services we offer is living by the values that you have and letting your goals shape your behaviors. So if you're stopping and asking yourself why you things, why you do the things you do, you do, you can kind of check in with yourself and see if your behaviors and the way you're treating people and your interactions with people line up with who you want to be. And that's huge, I think. So the last one that I'm going to name is seeking feedback. I think that's a big one. Um, and something that can really help you grow because you have a subjective lens when you're trying to evaluate who you are and what you do. Um, and to a certain extent, you do know yourself better than anyone, I think. But at the same time, you want to know how other people are perceiving what you're you're doing. And a lot of times you can unless you ask. So mm-hmm. that's a big one, too. Moving on, self-management strategies. Um, the first one. We've talked a lot about this, but it's just breathing right. Breathing into your diaphragm, through your nose, slowing down your breathing, being conscious of it. Um, that'll just limit your stress, which will help you manage your behaviors. So that's a, I think that's a, a good starting spot for anything, really. And some people live by like the 777 rule. So it's like, is this going to matter in seven minutes? So just taking a second, if something upsets you or something inconvenience, inconveniences you, something makes you sad, thinking... Just taking a second to think, is this going to affect me in seven minutes? Is this going to affect me in seven hours, seven days, seven months, seven years? And then you're kind of able to gauge, like, where your reaction to that should be. And just kind of put things in perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, Moving on, creating an emotion versus reason list. So this one is kind of akin to the journaling, but essentially it involves listing reasons on one side and emotions on one side of what's fueling your behavior, which just helps raise your awareness of why you're making the decisions you're making. So I think that could be a good one to like try once and see if you like it. Um, the next one is making your goals public. Um, when you make your goals public. So yeah, I see your face over there, Miss Jen. <laughs> and when I first read this one, I was, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, I, I don't really know about that, but I think if if you make your goals public to certain people that genuinely want what's best for you and will help hold you accountable and support you, then I think it can be good. What was your reaction there to that? Well, then, because some random Joe who just saw that you posted your goals on an Instagram story is going to come back later in, like, a few days and be like, oh, this doesn't align with your goal. Sure. Well, I think that kind of speaks to who you share your goals I guess yeah when it says make goals public yeah yeah. I mean I totally agree with like um 
be choosy about who you share your goals with. Mm -hmm. And then I can see how making your goals public would be super helpful and beneficial, especially even for like building those relationships with people around you, because that puts you in a position to receive constructive feedback and to get better at that, um, in your relationships instead of always just being surrounded by yes men. But I don't, I don't agree with like sharing public goals with people who don't really have respect for you and people that you don't really respect yourself. Oh, and those Instagram, whether we like it or not, is a world of comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just hate and want to see people fail. So I agree with your point there. But I do think it can be valuable to share goals with people who want to see you succeed and Mm -hmm. will help hold you accountable and remind you of why you set those goals in the first place. We are going to take a quick break and then we're going to knock out the rest of these strategies. All right, we're back. Um, We're going to keep going with these self-management strategies. The next one we're going to give is super simple and it is to sleep on it. Don't act on anything until you've given yourself adequate time to weigh all your options and kind of let those emotions settle in and Way, like I said, weigh your options. Anything you have to add to that one? That one's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, sometimes there's only... There's never a perfect opportunity, and but sometimes it feels like there's that opportunity right then and there that you wish you would have taken. So, like, to say something to somebody or... And then you don't get that opportunity again. But those are, like, very rare. So you're saying, what if you can't sleep on it? Like, what if yeah, you Yeah, have- what if it needs to, like, happen then and there? I think that's just where... Sometimes you have to take the leap. Sometimes you have to take the leap. Yeah. But for a lot of things, I think sleeping on it is generally the rule. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good, a good point to add. Um, the next one is talking to a skilled self-manager. So this is where, like, mentors, role models, confidants come in. Um, I like... <laughs> probably more than you would like. I like to talk through a lot of my decisions with you and with um, other people I trust mm-hmm. and that my close relationships. So I live by that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one that I'd like to highlight is visualize yourself succeeding. We've already talked about visualization on this podcast, but if you don't believe that it can happen and you don't believe that the actions that you're taking are going to get you where you need to go, then why are you even doing them? What's the point? Yeah, what the heck, guys? That's as simple as that one is. Next one, again, we've spoken on this, so it's pretty. it it makes me feel good that a lot of the stuff that's in here we had already talked about. I Mm -hmm. think that shows that we are on our way to being pretty emotionally intelligent, so Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, The next one is cleaning up your sleep hygiene. If you don't know what that means, then that means you haven't been listening to the other episodes, so go do that. Check out Season 2, Episode 1. Yes. Um... Ooh, I like this one. Speak to someone who is not emotionally invested in your problem. This comes back to getting away from your subjective lens and seeking an objective opinion. Someone that is not directly affected by the matter is Mm going to have a different viewpoint than you are. And that can be really valuable, I think. Yeah. Like, I was just asking you because... I'm taking a cinema and media studies class right now that's really hard, and I really don't want to do the final, but I'm past failing the class, Um, and the final is only worth 10 points, but I've turned in every other assignment, 
So, like, me in my head, I'm like, oh, but I want to be a good student. And then, but I'm like, oh, I really actually probably don't need to do this assignment. And then I say, fuck it, don't do it. You didn't say that to me. What did I say? You were like, you can just not do a final. (laughs) Well, that was probably my first question. But once you mentioned that, like, you have enough points that you... You'll get a pass. Yeah. No matter what, if you're taking it pass fail, then what I'm saying now or what I should have said then is fuck it, don't do it. You have other things to do. And so I won't. So there you go. <laughs> um, the next one that I, I really like this one is putting a mental recharge into your schedule. So just taking breaks mm-hmm. and letting your yourself get away from those emotions and those decisions that are weighing on you can be huge. Even like if I'm studying or doing homework or whatever I like setting timers for five ten minutes to like do online shopping or like other stuff that I can mindlessly do and just kind of get away from whatever I'm is weighing on me at that point in time even if you have to literally write it into your schedule on my schedule it's like five minute breathing exercise and that's from 1205 to 1210 so I'm, I know personally that I'm much more likely to adhere to it if I can cross it off my list or, like, cross it off my schedule um, than if I'm just like, well, I just, like, I'd, really, I'd like to make time for this today. But, like, me actually putting it in my planner is like, okay, it's going to get done. Yeah, and I'm that way with, like, my 10 breaths after I work out or things like that. Um, and it's that way. I know it is for me. I, I think it is for you. Like, we really struggle to relax. So mm-hmm. you almost have to, like, set aside time to do that. Otherwise, you, you just don't make time for it. It's such a, like, a hustle-bustle world, and we've got so much going on that unless you actively make an effort to let yourself relax, it's yeah. probably not going to happen. There is always going to be something to stress about. So, like, if taking that five-minute break is going to stress you out more... I just take the five minute break because there's always going to be something to stress about. Like if you're like, well, I would really just like to like knock this out or to knock this out, knock this out, knock this out. Cause there's so much to do. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound like you're going to have any time in your day. If you really just don't step away from it. Like there's always going to be one more thing to do. There's always going to be something to stress about. So just take your five minute break reluctantly yeah, and, I'm with you. And be disciplined in that. Moving right along. Now we're going to talk about social awareness. So we talked about self-awareness, self-management. Now we have, which those make up self-competence. And now we're going to talk about the two skills that make up. Shit, what was it? Okay. Relationship See, management? No. So there's personal competence and social competence. So we just talked about self-awareness and self-management strategies, which make up personal competence. Now we're going to talk about social awareness and relationship management, which make up social competence. Okie dokie. Okay. So we're talking about social awareness first. The first one is super simple, but very valuable. Greet people by name. This one is huge for me. I remember, I think ever since I read this, I started doing this just because I suck at names. And it's so embarrassing when you don't know someone's name and they know yours. Mm-hmm. So that one, I've definitely started putting that one into practice. And if you don't know their name, ask them what their last name is. Or just do it before it's too late. Like, yeah. Yeah. It can get really bad if you just let it go on. Hey, buddy. The next one is watching body language. That one's big, especially for us as coaches. Like, if we have Mm -hmm. clients that you know they're just fucking... I gotta stop swearing, but they're Mm -hmm. just dreading 
whatever you're asking them to do, it's pro- they're probably going to get they're not going to get anything out of that. Yeah. It's probably going to be worse that you make them do that than if they didn't. But they also don't want to hear, hey, you look really tired or hey, you look like you don't want to do this workout. So that's your job to be like to immediately change gears and be like, okay, so we're actually going to hop into do into this. I do that with my clients all the time. And cause some of them will, some of them will tell me like, I didn't get enough sleep last night mm-hmm. or I've been feeling really down lately. Um, I do have a few clients who reach out to me and are like, can we, can we switch up the pace for today? Because I'm feeling really tired, which is great. But a lot of people won't do that. And so it's my job to make their experience in the gym, like the best it can be. And if that's going off program, like, that's, so be it. Yeah. And that when people tell you that they have a lot going on or they're not feeling great, they're, they've been dealing with some, some problems in mm-hmm. their life. And then they tell you about it. That's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So this, do that. Do that. Don't, don't make us guess. The next one is developing a back pocket question. I like this one a lot because I am not the best at small talk and interacting with people I don't already know. So if you have kind of just a go-to like question that you can ask when there's an awkward silence, I think that's that can be mm-hmm. good. Do you have one of those? I do. It's always, so how was your day today? Or did you have... Like, it's, it's always something positive, like, um, what was something good that happened to you today, or what are you looking forward to for the weekend? Um, and then also with my clients, I always keep, like, a mental note of what they tell me that they're doing for the weekend, so that I can always have something to refer back to, like, mm-hmm. oh, how was bowling on Friday? Um, how was that, how was that triathlon that you did? How was your daughter's ballet class? Something like that. So, yeah, like, like be engaged in your conversations. Um, the next one is practicing the art of listening. And some components of these are not taking notes and uh, removing distractions. And while I like those, I think I like I hear the point on not taking notes because if you're taking notes, you can't make eye contact with someone. You can't maybe give them your full attention and fully listen to them. But just speaking from the perspective as like a personal trainer, there are certain things I need to document. So I don't know. I'm a little bit torn on that one. How do you feel about taking notes when you're having a conversation with somebody? I usually just keep a mental note. And then in the next break and silence, I tell them like, okay, I'm going to write this down. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, removing distractions. That one can be big. Just like, you know, putting phones in the middle of the table when you go out or things like that. And like we got tablets for training, which is unnecessary, but for me, it really helps me stay off my actual phone when I'm training people. So all I have on my tablet really is just like programming stuff. So I can look at the program, I can time their sets and then I'm not getting texts while that's happening. For sure. Um, I think that's all we got for social awareness. Um, the last one we're going to talk about is the last component of social competence, which is relationship management. Um, let's see. I'm kind of just flipping through here. Um, I like this one. Avoid giving mixed signals. So you want to make sure that your body language matches your intent because this is something that I struggle with so much. I'm cute. I'm a big like eye roller, like shrugger, yeah. like Ugh, yeah. <laughs> type shit. So I, that's something I need to improve on. 
Um, but I know that, and and I always tell you exactly. I'm like you're making a face, and you're like, and oh, a lot of I'm times sorry. I, don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a big one. Yeah, and be receptive when somebody tells you like the way you're standing right now is making me like feel like you're upset. Yeah, and I think when I hear that sometimes, like my my instinct is to get defensive. So yeah. sometimes the best thing for me to do when that happens is to just not say anything because if I say something it's gonna be rude (laughs) so I'll just be like okay that's that's okay I'm sorry I'm making a face Mm -hmm. and then you know move on um taking feedback well that one's big we just talked about that Mm -hmm. building trust having an open door policy only getting mad on purpose I think this one is very good picking your battles yeah um and that goes speaks goes back to Emotions happen for a reason. So if you're angry, there's probably a reason why. But I don't know. These but are all kind of like... 777 seven is Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's like sleep on it. That's what yeah. you're saying, essentially. So just decide whether it's really worth getting angry about. Um, acknowledge the other person's feelings. That one's obviously a big one. Um, you, you're going to disagree with people. Even people that most things your beliefs are aligned on disagreements are going to happen miscommunications are going to happen so a lot of times just telling people that you see where they're coming from um can give them that validation and help them understand that well you might not see things the same way you respect their feelings Mm -hmm. i think that's super important um when you care show it express appreciation express gratitude um yeah for me like a helpful tip was learning some people's love language. So my love language is gifts. I want to give everybody a gift. I want to make everybody food when they come over. Um, I I like to be, I guess, like a, a public servant. But some people really appreciate vocal expressions of love or appreciation. Like, hey, I saw that you did this for me and that really made my day a lot easier. Thank you for doing that. Um, but some people would rather have like a physical touch, like a shoulder rub or a hug or a high five. (laughs) So, I mean, like, seriously, some people, like I can, I can tell, like I have some clients that are way more into like high fives and like pats on the back and some clients that are way more into like me vocally saying that's, that looked really great Mm -hmm. and it's, it's been improving a lot, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one is explain your decisions. Don't just make them, which I think that one doesn't need much explanation. Um, but I think that's a good, good rule to live by. For yeah. Sure. You just got me on that earlier. When? When you were like, can we record outside? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay. Yeah. Why? <laughs> right. And you had a good reason. You just didn't list it. Yeah. So I was a little thrown off. Um, let's see. There are any other ones we should touch on? A lot. The this one's good. Align your intention with your impact. So intention alone um, is not always enough because you could say that a lot of the tragedy, tragic things that have happened in American history, people had certain intentions, mm-hmm. and their impact did not match those intentions. I'm yeah. not going to cite anything specific, nor do I really have anything in mind per se. But I think that's just a good rule of thumb. Like, 
if you mean to do good, but you end up hurting someone, what good is that? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's like when people make poor apologies and they say, well, I meant I didn't mean for this to happen. Okay. But it did. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Um, tackle a tough conversation. You have to have the tough conversations because if you just let them simmer, um, and don't acknowledge what you're feeling, then Mm -hmm. that's when you, those emotions that you're having that you're not acknowledging are going to start to fuel decisions and cause you to do dumb stuff. Yes. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. That is all I have from that. So let's summarize real quick. So emotional intelligence, your ability to acknowledge and understand your own emotions, understand your own emotions as well as the emotions of other people and how they impact your relationships. That is the Roy and Jen edition spark notes definition. And then if we break it down, there are two qualities. We'll call them two qualities that make up emotional intelligence. And those can be subdivided into different skills. So personal competence is made up by self-awareness and self-management. And this is your ability to be and stay aware of your emotions and manage your behavior and tendencies. Um, Then we have social competence, which is made up by social awareness and relationship management. And this is your ability to understand other people's moods, behaviors, and motives in order to improve the quality of your relationships. That is that. I hope you guys were able to take something from that. I know it's kind of a lot, but a, a lot of it is a bit redundant, I'll say, but... I, I think a good word of advice to always like keep in the forefront of your mind is just to assume best intentions from other people um and so you know ask ask questions don't just assume that what they said was like a jab at you um be yeah i think that's helped me a lot yeah i like that um so i suggest that you try to pick a few of those strategies and implement them in your life and just Make a conscious effort to be more aware of your emotions as they arise and how they impact your behavior and the behavior of other people. That's boom. Boom. That's um, it. So only other things we wanted to touch on, we we're going to give you guys our recommendations for music, books, podcasts, TV shows, the stuff that we like to do in our free time outside of um, lifting. Do you want to start? No, I want you to start. Okay, I just watched the trials of Gabriel Hernandez. Fernandez? Oh, no. It's, I think it's Hernandez. Hernandez, yeah. Really sad. So if you are, like, really affected by the things that you are watching, I would watch it with caution. Um, but if you've, like, heard of the story and are interested on it, I think it does a really good job at explaining, like, his situation. But beyond that, the role of social workers and public servants and the role of teachers... Um, And then we watched The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I thought was really cinematically great, especially because I'm in this new cams class. And I was like, wow, that lighting was probably so hard to achieve in this scene. Or, yeah, but I thought it was really good. It speaks a lot to gentrification. Um, And then for music, I've been listening to my like more summer playlist so this has a lot of Leon Bridges it has a lot of Ray Charles it has a lot of like the high the high woman your um, old head yeah 
What did you think of... Mm. Were there any new drops that you liked? I tried to listen to Megan Thee Stallion's new album. Yeah. And it was too explicit for me. <laughs> so It's not even that. I can usually deal with that mm-hmm. if it's... If, it, you said if it's, it's quality. Good. Yeah. But if it's not... And it's just like I mean there are a few songs on there I liked But it definitely wasn't my favorite Janae Aiko's album was pretty good I loved it I thought it was really really good Yeah She's one of my favorite artists So I think I just like her older stuff better Fair um, enough And then I'm reading The Hobbit Right now <laughs> Nice And Have you read it before? Yes I've read it before But it was like a long time ago And It was too wordy for me back then Um But I really like reading as, like, this is going to sound bad, it's escapism, but as an escape. So, I'm reading and then I totally forget about, like, the fact that I have to go back to school tomorrow. And for a few hours or an hour or so, I got to, like, not think about that. Especially when it's really fiction. nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm done. Okay. Um... And then I did want to add if there's any, like, current events, too, that you wanted to acknowledge or speak on. Go out and vote. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, you should have already. But yeah, but come on. Yeah, we won't talk politics, but at least go and exercise your right and stand up for what you believe in. That's the best neutral statement I can make. What yes. about you? Um, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yes. Think carefully about the person you are endorsing and what they stand for. Yes. It's your civic duty. Okay, that's that's all I'm <laughs> Okay, yeah. done. Um, just staying on current events, um, I put this on my story. I think some, um, I, a few people asked me about it. Talked a lot about a man named Nate Woods who was actually uh, got the death penalty this week. He was executed even though he was proven innocent um, for the crimes he was convicted of. So I just, and when we're talking about voting, um, I just encourage everyone to stay up on these matters and pay attention to what people are doing to, I mean, it's, yeah. it's very deep. We don't have to get into it. But I, I, I just have to say something about that. Like, not caring about other people is not cool. Like, you acting indifferent just because it doesn't affect your life is not, at the end of the day, going to be as gratifying as knowing that you made a difference in somebody else's life and that your reach and your potential went past you. And it's now into the world. Yeah. So, we lost... An innocent man, a black man, and I hope that everybody prays for him and his family. If or you're, keeps them in or keeps thoughts. them in your thoughts, if you're not one to pray, and that you just, if if you like me, think that that is wrong in any way, shape, or form. I hope that you choose actions that that reflect that, and that you live by those values. That you value all people's lives and you stand for justice and that's about all I'm going to say about that because it makes me really sad. You want to do your other stuff? Yes. Um, so it's been two weeks and there's been a lot of music between now and then. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go to my playlist. I will start off with, so I really liked, I wasn't expecting to, but I really liked little baby's new album. Um, I thought his last one was 
pretty garbage, but this one is really good. It's called My Turn. Um, I liked that album a lot. G Herbo dropped an album, which I was super pumped for. G Herbo. And, and a little bit let down by, but there's still good songs on there. All the songs where he's rapping over like old samples, those ones always get me. So there's a song called Intuition that I really like. And there are some good songs on there. Um, Cowboy dropped a, I think it was an EP that I liked a lot. Um, not a lot, but it was it was decent. And then this last Friday, uh, like we said, Janae Yiko dropped. I really liked that album. That was super solid. Lil Uzi dropped, which I sort of had mixed feelings on, but there are a few songs on there that were pretty like classic Lil Uzi if you like him. So I think it's worth listening to for sure. Um, that, that's a lot. Yeah, I listen to a lot of music. Um, beyond that, other things I've been listening to, I list, went back and listened to like Warren G's discography, who's like kind of one of Snoop Dogg's, I don't know, friends. <laughs> but he's big on like that funky, they call it G-Funk sound, like the West Coast 90s sound. And I liked a lot of his music. So if you're looking for like to kind of listen to some older stuff, then sure. I like that stuff. Shows? Um, I haven't had a lot of time to watch TV lately, but I finished the Her- Aaron Hernandez doc and I thought that was really good. Um, we watched The Other Guys. We watched The Other Guys, which is a movie with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, and that was really funny. I enjoyed that. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm still reading Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, which highlights a lot of um, people on death row that he represented as uh, a lawyer who created a nonprofit. So it's really interesting and heavy. Um, as hard as this stuff to read it is to read about and listen to and stuff, I just think it's so important. So I try to I try to always stay up on that stuff. Um, that's about all I got. We're gonna keep training hard, keep trying to help our clients achieve their goals and get closer to their goals and set ask, new ones. Yeah, ask us questions if you ask have us any. questions. If there's anyone you'd like to hear us interview or have on the podcast that we can realistically get, um, don't hesitate to give that suggestion because we want to provide stuff for you guys that you guys want to hear about. So if there's a topic or a guest that you want to hear, um, let us know. Otherwise we appreciate everyone for listening. We ask that you would be so kind to share on your social media, um, review us, rate us, do all that good stuff. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.